EchoCast. I am Bond, and this is a podcast talking about the news, reviews, and speculation around video games on all platforms in almost every genre. This week, we will be talking about a Mass Effect anniversary, Fall Guys incoming, a new Silent Hill game, gaming hardware news, and more. A few things before we jump into the news. If you are listening, please subscribe on your podcast provider of choice. And if you are on Spotify or iTunes, please rate the podcast right now. Just click it. Just hit that five stars. I'd appreciate it. Helps me get noticed. If you are on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like this video, and hit the bell icon in order to be notified of future podcasts and other videos that I post. Only 15% of people who watch my videos are subscribed. I promise I don't spam you. I really want to get them follower numbers up. I'd love to see those subs go up. Please uh, hit that subscribe button for me right now. Last but not least, please join the Discord to chat about the podcast, gaming, news, and anything else you like by clicking on the link in the description of the podcast or the video and jumping right into that, the EchoCast discord gaming news let's jump into it mass effect the legendary edition we have our one year anniversary um this happened earlier this week and it has been substantial for me right so if you um have been following me for more than a year you'll know that um i started this podcast the echo cast as a the division podcast uh the ubisoft massive game um and because the very title references it right so an echo is one of the collectibles in the game that kind of tells some lore and some story um and is a pretty big part of that game um from a gameplay uh, perspective and story and you know after a few years um you know through the division two's release and then it's subsequent, you know, not much content coming out. I decided to um, switch up the podcast. Eventually, we'll hit a time where the podcast has not been division focused longer than it has been. And that might be sooner than you think. Um, so anyways, so I did the podcast for, I think, around a year um, without a focus on the division and um and then along came mass effect uh i've been aware of mass effect for a really long time um back in the day i even had um coworkers at gamestop when the games were coming out i worked there i literally believe i worked midnight releases for at least a couple mass effect games and i never played them <clears throat> so sorry for the coughing i'm a little stuffy um and even as recently as a few years ago, one of my coworkers was like trying to convince me like, Hey, you, you should play these games. They're great. Um, at the time it was the old versions of the games, just backwards compatible on the Xbox one. And then eventually series, I wasn't going to do that. Those graphics were very aged. Three looks fine. Two looks okay. One is rough. And, uh, and so I waited and, 
What's funny is that the teaser trailer that I've obsessed over and made multiple videos about um, that came out in 2020 um, was my first kind of, oh, this is interesting. And I hadn't even played the game yet. And I remember that trailer is just, it's a really good trailer. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you do because especially some of the music cues at the end are just very cool, even if you're not a Mass Effect fan. And so I, and that was the same time that they announced the Legendary Edition, um, which was gonna be this big remaster of the original trilogy. And um, with a focus on Mass Effect 1, obviously that's the game that needed it the most. Um, and some upgrades to 2, and it doesn't seem like they touched 3 that much, um, because it's, it still holds up pretty well. Um, and so, you know, in the last year, I am probably, there's a decent chance I will wrap up my seventh playthrough. Um, if not this weekend, then in the next week, for sure. Um, I, I keep, every time I finish a playthrough, I tell myself, okay, take a few months off, you know, maybe around in seven days, start a new character, you know, play some other games. There's not really other games coming out. I have checked out. I've gotten back into the division a little bit. I've actually started playing a game called Squad again that I actually I haven't played in a couple of years, but I really like. But I don't know. I, I keep coming back to Mass Effect. I have I have a tracker sheet that I use for stuff, and I have like four more playthroughs already scheduled, like with like the combination of things I want to do because I want to see all the different stuff. Right? That's the best part of the game. So. Um, yeah, so the one year anniversary, it's a big deal for me and for my content. Um, actually someone who used to work on the division two, a developer months ago said, Hey, like you seem really passionate about mass effect. Like it's the most passionate, <laughs> you know, they've seen me since the earlier days of the division. Um, you know, you should, you should go with that. Um, even if there's not a huge audience for it, the way I see it is that the mass effect audience is only going to grow because, we know as little as we can know right now for the most part and we're only going to learn more over the next i'm guessing three years until the game comes out the next one so you, know, you get in early you start you get in the ground roots you start kind of establishing you know because i need to establish myself as a fan right like i've only been at this for a year i've only you know i'm, I'm still learning things about the game and the thing about creation for a game um being a content creator for a game like mass effect is that there's people who have been making mass effect content for more than 10 years now youtube's a different place now than it was 10 years ago um but it's still that matters <clears throat> so you know it's been a fun year um you know, that is, it's obviously been a great thing for me to get into i mean mass effect is my favorite franchise now like um, it, it was it was the division and the division is still dear in my heart. It's still up there. It's I'm sure it's still number two for me, but um, something about this and it is just special. And I came in at the perfect time because people who were into Mass Effect 10 plus years ago have waited all this time for what's coming next. Um, Andromeda does exist. That game isn't as bad as people say it is. It's also not great. And it didn't it didn't satisfy the people who had been waiting so many years, um, who waited four or five years uh, for the next iteration. And it promised this new journey with new things and new places. 
and it technically did those things but didn't fulfill it so a lot of people don't even think about andromeda when you know there's a solid chance that if you consider mass effect 3 was released in 2013 oh my gosh um if the next one doesn't come till 2025 i mean that's 12 years um, especially because it seems like the next one is probably a sequel to three more so than to Andromeda. So I'm here for it. Um, if it comes out in 2025, I've realized I will be, uh, 37 years old. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think my gen's different. I, I think we're going to keep playing games. So, you know, un unless someone holds me down and forces me to stop playing, which I don't see happening, I'll be there. Um, so for that next game, you know, I think this is a good time to kind of go through some some Mass Effect topics because I always find a reason to talk about the game. Uh, and here I have actual, uh, with the anniversary, I have an excuse. So strap on in. Um, so for the next game, I, the, the big thing is timeline. Um, I, I would assume that with, with the people they've brought back, with Mike Gamble, um, there's been a bunch of other OG people from the original trilogy they've brought back to work on the next game. Um, as well as they're hiring, they're hiring pretty significantly. I haven't looked recently if there's any new listings, but I believe there's at least seven or eight public listings. Uh, that doesn't mean they're not hiring, uh, you know, in other ways as well, uh, or promoting and things like that. Uh, and it, it seems like, you know, that first trailer that confirmed the game was happening came out in 2020. I would say that's a decent, um, you know, that came out in late 2020. My assumption is that they were they had started pre-production probably earlier that year. Um, and, and that's like early pre-production. That's like literally like a handful of people hanging out and talking about what the game's going to be. And, and that's how they make that trailer, right? Both the, some of their very meta, very high level ideas. And then they move to more like concept, conceptual stages and things like that. Um, you know, I, I believe it kind of moves from like concepts to prototyping to full production and then the game comes out um and so if i would say there's a pretty good chance they're in the prototyping stage at this point you know we had another teaser in 2021 that gave us um you know some some other kind of vague but interesting um, things to think about when it comes to the next game um so my guess is that they'd be in kind of the prototyping stage at this point um, with the with the leads that they're hiring. They're hiring like four or five different directors um, for all of the major parts of the game. And when I consulted with some game developers I'm familiar with at similar sized and similar seriousness level studios, when I said, hey, like if they're hiring these positions, where are they at? Where would, where would your studio be at if that's what you were doing? And it was basically saying they're probably getting ready for production. So probably prototyping and, um, and that kind of falls in line with Jeff Grubb, who has said that it's expected that it, it will go into full production when Dragon Age 4 releases, which right now is tentatively being expected mid to late 2023. Um, you know, people think these big AAA games, like they see that how long they they were developed, seven, eight, nine years. They don't realize that like, you know, 75% of that is pre-production. So if they start full production in 2023, the game will probably be done by 2025. These games don't take that long to make. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Mass Effect 2 or 3, was made in 18 months. And, you know, they, 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 they can't now, <laughs> there's... There were things that happened that that makes that not a great example but a lot of these games get made pretty quickly once you have 
the full weight of a studio working on it because you work through these pre-production stages with with pretty small teams with you know dozens of people if that and then when you go into full production that that pre-production the whole point is to build a um a a lattice a skeleton of what you want the game to be so at the end of pre-production you know the characters you probably have your voice actors picked out you know the story roughly you know the planets you know the environments you need to build the set pieces you need to build the guns the characters the armors the enemies the all of this stuff you know it all you just you know this team of a few dozen people can't do that all so that's when you bring in the full might of hundreds of developers environmental artists you know character you know design people to stuff like that and animators and and, and motion capture people and all of that and, and you put those all those people on it at once to fill in this lattice that you've built. And, and that's why these games actually come together pretty quickly. And that's why so much of whether or not games are successful depends so much on that pre-production and how well they build that lattice. And, and, and so when you see games come out that are really good, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they had like smooth productions. They may not have, but it probably means they had a pretty well organized lattice and pre-production and they stuck to their ideas. They didn't change everything last minute. A couple games from Bioware, especially Anthem, is the premium example of this all going wrong, right? And that's a big reason people are scared about Dragon Age 4 in the next Mass Effect is because Anthem, you know, we've now heard stories from Jason Schreier and others that they were literally changing core parts of that game with like six months, like with only a few months left before it released. And you can't do that because that lattice you built then is getting torn down and you're rebuilding it while you're building the house, right? It's, it's, it's like, it's like putting down the foundation and all of the walls to a house and you know, a good game will just use those walls and will follow its plan put the roof on, put the drywall on, seal everything up, put all the plumbing in and the house is going to be great. You know, a game like Anthem got designed where they they put up they put down the foundation, they put up all the walls and then about halfway through building the house, they knocked down half of the walls, decided to build the walls different, but kept working on the other parts of the house. But then they realized that those parts of the house didn't work with the new parts. And it's just, you know, then you end up with a game like Anthem that had limitless potential. And I don't think even had a single DLC come out. And same with Andromeda. A little bit different story, but not much. So, yeah. So I think the game is probably in prototyping stages um, especially with unreal engine 5 having its full release uh, not too long ago um, i'm sure they were working on it before that all indications are they're 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 going to use unreal engine 5 for this next game they haven't officially announced it unreal engine 5 hasn't listed bioware as one of their partners so i, I guess that could always change they could go back to uh, frostbite which i doubt but you never know Dragon Age 4 is being done on Frostbite still, so we'll see. Um, but they have multiple job listings that are specifically asking, like, you know, Unreal Engine experience uh, preferred and specifically Unreal Engine 5 on a couple of them. So, um, you know, it's 
it's one of those things where it's so far away there's no point in getting like super hyped and overly invested in it and and believe it or not i i've been careful i've been hurt before right and so um i am excited and i am like looking for every tidbit of information and and obviously in like a year and a half two years when they start having like a deluge of information when they start their marketing campaign i'm gonna be you know a pig and slop it's gonna be great uh, until then, it's going to be slim pickings, I think. I, I think we'll get a little, maybe another teaser trailer this in seven day, then probably nothing. And then I think next uh, next in seven day, that would probably be shortly after the release of Dragon Age 4. And I think that maybe the 2023's in seven day will be when they start to kick off uh, a long term, but more um, rich marketing campaign for this next game so we'll see um th there was a video that just came out um reykjavik or Racevic. i actually don't know how to say his name he's a youtuber one of my favorite ones almost every video this this guy makes is, is, is a banger and he put out a video that was really interesting and in comparing the warhammer ip to mass effect Racevic famously loves mass effect and has done lots of videos on it and um talking about how in like 13 years mass effect has had like four large games and then some mobile spinoffs basically and some smaller scale games uh where warhammer has like 30 games come out a year and he talked about the kind of comparisons of like you know the the mass effect universe has so many stories to tell that can never be told only through mainline games and so he would like to see more games come out in different genres and stuff like that now on the other hand he doesn't necessarily want to go all the way towards the warhammer side where they have like you know like literally a dozen new games a year one or two might be decent every now and then one might be great but most of them aren't great aren't very good but you still get to explore that ip if you want to you have a choice right and so his whole thing was talking about how you know the the mass effect world you know is about shepherd and is about humanity and and, and about that the trilogy and you know and, and then i'm sure they'll incorporate andromeda and this next game seems like it's probably gonna be about humanity and maybe shepherd and things like that but that there's so many other stories to tell and that like i for one would love to see like a mass effect real-time strategy game give me like a company of heroes mass effect game where you get to control a squad of in sevens or a whole army of alliance troops versus cerberus or i get to control uh, the reaper forces against the asari on Thessia, or you know like that'd be so cool um and, and you can get into like XCOM games first person shooters i mean you can go all over the place and and you could explore um you know this this ip and this this galaxy and and this lore in so many different ways uh where you may not want it to be 12 games a year and all of them suck but you also don't want it to be one good game every eight years um, because there's just there's too much potential so so go check that video out by Racevic if you haven't uh, already uh, i highly suggest it um, and then the last thing I just wanted to throw out there that in some of my nerding out on uh, Mass Effect, uh, that poster from, uh, you know, there was all the controversy a couple weeks ago about like, oh, man, they confirmed a bunch of stuff. 
I still think that they confirmed more than they would ever be willing to admit. But it doesn't matter until we know more. Um, but one thing I did find interesting is in that description, it said this SFX ship that looks a lot that that looks like the Normandy. And I remember being like, I don't think that ship looks like the Normandy at all. Like, what are you talking about? Because I was thinking of the SR2 from Mass Effect 2 and 3. Uh, and then I thought about it again. I was like, oh, wait, no. Like, the SR1, the ship from Mass Effect 1 that gets destroyed at the beginning of 2, um, has the exact same color scheme as this ship in the teaser poster. Um, and so I know Mr. Holthen, who's a big creator in, uh, for Mass Effect, um, said, you know, something along the lines of like, oh, is this like a signal that maybe they're trying to go back to Mass Effect 1 as inspiration and stuff, which I think they probably are. Um, I also think that it may be a signal that in the post Reaper War universe or galaxy, um, they are, are hurting for ships. And so if this ship has Mass Effect 1 coloring, there's a good chance that maybe this ship in this poster, maybe what we start off with or something like that, will be like an old derelict ship that they just pulled out of the scrapyard and got working again. Um, but that's my theory for now. And I will end this, uh, what, 20 minute talk about Mass Effect and move on to some other topics. But I'm excited. Uh, I, I think that this is one of those things where I know there's people who are, who feel burned by Bioware, who don't believe in EA, who don't think the, the the team that's there can make a good Mass Effect game anymore. I get it, especially the OG fans. You've been burned. I understand. My whole thing with gaming nowadays is that for the most part, I'm just going to be relentlessly pessimistic, <laughs> pessimistic, uh, optimistic. Man, that might have been a Freudian slip. Um, I just don't see any reason to be mad and to be like negative at this point. Like if there's a thing in gaming, gaming is for me at least supposed to be a happy thing, a thing that makes my life better, that distracts me. Um, and if there's something about gaming that makes my life worse, I don't need it. It's why on Twitter, I don't mute people anymore. I block them because if you make my life worse by interacting with me, I'm just going to block you because I don't life's too short. I don't have time. My mental health doesn't need to suffer. So some random person I'll never meet can be mean to me. So, and so applying that to gaming, it's just kind of this thing where it's like, I think people should be cautious. I think they should be careful with their fandom and excitement and hype and all that. But I also feel like, what's the point of it if, if it's not exciting? What's the point of it if you're not getting excited and having fun, right? And for me, the, whatever's coming next for Mass Effect is fun. And, and that's what I'm going to focus on. And I'm going to keep making videos. I'm going to keep blabbering about it on this podcast. And I hope that you are willing to take that ride with me. And I hope that all of this setup, all of this getting into the world and learning about it, when things start popping off about the next game, I'll be here to really cover it and really be talking about it and with uh, being informed and having like, you know, my own opinions and knowledge on it. And, um, I think the excitement now will really pay off later uh, in this whole in this whole journey. 
Okay, next story. Fall Guys is coming to Nintendo and Xbox on June 21st. Uh, the game is moving to free-to-play at that time, and um, there will be cross-play between all the different platforms as well as cross-progression. So you'll be able to play on your PC and your gaming area and then uh, go out to your living room and play on your Xbox Series S. And it will be the same character. So you can uh, continue your progression and unlocks and all that. This is exciting for me. I always wanted to play Fall Guys. I never had any desire to play it on my PC. And so I just kept waiting for it to come on Xbox. And it wasn't technically a PlayStation exclusive. But man, it sure spent a lot of time as basically a PlayStation exclusive. Obviously, it was on PC as well but it wasn't on Nintendo or Xbox. And so like, I still believe my conspiracy theory that Fall Guys had some backroom like marketing agreements with Sony um, that Sony kept re-upping basically until they sucked it dry. And cause I don't, I, I can't imagine that, that Fall Guys is that popular at this point. I think this, this new, this big thing on the 21st of next month will reinvigorate that game for at least a while, for a couple weeks at least. It may be longer, you know, it really depends, but, um, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to play it. Um, it would have been cool to play the OG version of it because the version that's out now is, it looks like it's a very different game than it was back when I watched, you know, people stream it. Um, but it's still exciting and it's, it's good for that company, that developer, that studio, um, to get this infusion of new players and, and new, um, income and things like that, because you know, they, they, you need money to make more games and this will probably help. So, you know, we'll, uh, start holding our breath for fall, uh, fall guys too. <laughs> uh, but that's exciting. Um, silent Hill games are in development. So right now it's rumored um, but pretty confidently rumored that there are, could be up to four Silent Hill games currently being made. Um, the one that's the most, uh, the most is known about it, or that's like being the most seriously speculated on is a game being made by Bloober. Uh, this is the same company who made the medium, which was a, uh, a time limited Xbox exclusive last year. I think it was last year. Um, it's now on PlayStation as well. Um, it, it it came out to uh, lukewarm uh, reception. the The big thing about the medium is its big shtick was that at, at any point the game was was running. Um, there were two worlds going on at any given time that you could flip back and forth between, and they were two drastically different versions of the same area. Um, and there, it was kind of like a, like a nightmare zone in the real life. And, uh, you know, you had to kind of flip back and forth between them to get past certain obstacles or to fight certain enemies. And it wasn't loved, but it was respected, I think is, is kind of the, the, the gist I've gotten from it. Um, and so there's, there's some, you know, trepidation from people about like giving this pretty legendary IP to a studio who is yet to make like a real banger game, right? You know, people wanted this to be, they, they wanted Kojima to finally make his PT game, which was a Silent Hill game that was teased many years ago now. Um, and was subsequently canceled. Um, I believe when Kojima left Konami ended his relationship. So 
you know, we'll have to see what comes of this. Um, I am not a giant uh, Silent Hill fan. I don't really like scary games. And when these, when the main, when the games came out back in the day, I was like a kid, you know, like I would be hesitant to play Silent Hill now, even, um, especially a new one. But, um, you know, back then I, I just, I don't have a lot of fandom. I have respect for the series. I know seems like most people see the second one as the as the best one um i've watched like so many like gameplay like videos and stuff like that of the and like lore videos about silent hill that the connection between all the games and the characters and the stories and um so like i feel like i know more about silent hill than i should having never really played them <laughs> but um you know that's just that's where we're at with that so uh you know we'll see what's going on um we'll we'll see what comes of this you know, if there's four games in development, who's who's to say two of them even come out, right? So we'll see. Uh, the next bit here is there uh, has been a new PS5 model registered, um, and so there's been a lot of talk about this, and I and I think this kind of stems from another story I remember from a while back. Um, I saw some people being like, "Oh man, this might be the PS5 Pro." especially Sony, we may not even see mid-gen refreshes this time. So with the PS4, we had the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. Uh, and I had a One X and it was great. And the last gen of consoles started off on such a bad foot because their hardware was essentially like laptop hardware which laptop hardware is always designed to run cooler um, and to be less powerful. Um, and so when they did these mid-gen refreshes, they really, the, the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro were probably the level of systems that should have been released originally. Um, but even they were still running on this kind of hampered technology. The PS5 and the Series X are running on like legit like desktop hardware and it's very good like like these systems even today they've been out for you know a year and a half now uh, are still competitive like they their, their specs are like medium decent gaming pcs and you know even with the pr price drops we're seeing now but you know especially six months or a year ago you know for 500 bucks you could get hardware that the equivalent PC hardware would have been like four times as much, if not more. Um, and so because these new systems started off on such a good foot, I think that reduces the chance they'll need a mid-gen refresh. Um, on top of that, uh, they, they can't even get the launch consoles out yet. Um, Microsoft seems to have had more pull with AMD and other chip manufacturers because they've been able to keep their system especially recently more in stock where sony seems to be like really struggling to the point where i believe xbox outsold sony in japan in last month um it's not because microsoft is all of the sudden more popular in japan it isn't um it's more popular than it used to be but that's because it's available and because they they've had a better launch right even if they are missing games but it's because sony just isn't they can't make systems they for whatever reason whether it's the chip manufacturers the way that their cues work it, it i've i've heard people talking about how they they think that a 
a long time ago, Microsoft might have set up deals ahead of time to have priority. And that was before COVID even happened. So like they did that probably because they're Microsoft and they're 10 times, 20 times bigger than Sony. And they have that pull to say, Hey, we want priority on the first, you know, 5 million chips or whatever, like, and, and they can do that because of who they are. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, those chip manufacturers, I'm sure with them money talks and, um, so it, it, it's been interesting. So this this rumor of a new PS5 model, I very, very much less expect this to be a like a mid-gen refresh. And I bet what this is, is that PS5, the launch one, is like so over-engineered. When I saw teardowns of that system, the cooling system, the materials they used, the amount of those expensive materials, all of that was like so overdone. Um, and I believe I've even seen a more recently produced PS5 get torn down that basically had like half of the cooling tech removed and the, 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 the materials are different and they're cheaper because they probably found out, oh, you know, this system only needs, you know, 85% of, of what we have put in here to keep the system cool and to keep it functioning well for a long time. And so they, if they shave off that 13% of extra stuff, materials, technology, wiring, all of this equipment, uh, they, well, two things, one, it makes the system cheaper to produce because you're using less raw materials and it's no joke. If they can lighten the systems at all, it saves them on shipping. Shipping to when you when you're talking about moving millions of units of something, you know, shaving off a, a pound makes a big difference at your bottom line. So um, I highly expect that this uh, this new registered PS5 model will just be that will be something you it, it probably aesthetically will be exactly the same. If you tore it apart, you may find that the, the cooling system is different and cheaper, but still effective. Um, we'll probably see this with the Series X and, and maybe Series S as well. What you would also probably find is that there have been rumors that there may be a new chipset going into both of the, the Microsoft and the Sony systems. That's uh, the same power as the CPU and, and GPU that was that's in the launch consoles, but it just runs more efficiently and runs cooler, which therefore allows them to remove more materials and more technology for the cooling. If they can get a chip that performs the same, but uh, runs cooler. So we'll see some of this. I, if Sony can turn it around manufacturing wise, they may still do a mid-gen refresh. I actually theorized that the Series X for Microsoft was the last like new console generation they're ever going to like participate in. I think what they're going to do is instead moving forward because of Game Pass and all this stuff is that like every like six years, they'll just put out a significantly upgraded Xbox and and, and, and instead of it being like the Xbox five or whatever, it's just going to be the next one. It's going to be the newest one. The last one's still fine, at least for, you know, quite a while. Um, and the thing is now, even the Xbox one launch edition sooner than later, we'll be able to play series X only games via cloud streaming. And in theory that can go on forever. As long as the system can run the streaming software, not the game. In theory, you'd be able to play a game five years from now on your Xbox One, not One X, using the streaming app, which isn't perfect, 
but it's better than nothing. It's better than spending 500 bucks or whatever on a new system. Um, and for most games, you can get a good experience, right? So um, I'm really curious to see how the next gen and how this gen plays out and how the next one plays out, because I think that we're going to see Sony and Microsoft continue to significantly change their strategies. I think Sony will stay fairly traditional uh, which obviously works for them, at least for now, and probably for a long time. And I think we'll see Microsoft go more into Xbox. Play it on your TV, play it on your laptop, play it on your phone, play it on the hardware that we will provide you if you want it. Play it on your PC. It's, um, I, I, I think Sony will slowly go towards some of that, but I think as long as they sell every system they make, and they sell over 100 million consoles and they make really banger first party games that people want. They're going to keep doing that until it doesn't work. Um, and then they'll probably be, probably be behind the eight ball for a little bit and then they'll come back around. So, yeah, no worries. I think uh, I think both uh, console makers are pretty healthy right now. Speaking of healthy, we have a few quick stories here. Um, the Intel Arc GPUs have been delayed further. <laughs> so anyone who's been paying attention to this uh, probably isn't too surprised. Um, so the big manufacturers of GPUs right now are AMD with um, their Radeon series and NVIDIA with their, um, you know, the, well, right now their 3000 series um, RTX cards. Soon they'll have their 4000 series cards coming out as well. And that's pretty much the market there. I believe in like China and some other places, there's some like really specialized or really small um, or very low performing GPU makers. But the big dogs are AMD and Nvidia right now. And Intel is trying to get in on that. And it makes sense. It's a popular market. GPUs aren't only used for gaming. They're used in all kinds of applications from graphic design to just, you know, like AI and unfortunately crypto and all that crap too. And Intel is saying we have the manufacturing, we have the know-how, we have the technology, you know, we're going to jump into. And so they announced a while back this ARC GPU. Um, this hardware GPU that you'd stick in your computer, just like a NVIDIA or AMD card. And um, they're, they're trying to do their own version of like DLSS, which helps tech run higher level looking games at lower power. It's really cool. Um, you know, it seems like they're going all in, but I imagine COVID as well as lots of other issues has caused a lot of issues because uh, they were supposed to launch these GPUs a couple months ago. And right now there's, they're only the laptop versions and they're only in Korea. <laughs> so um, it seems like they're slowly going to expand and, and, and actually release their like PC graphics cards. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a while so far. I haven't seen anyone get their hands on a GPU to really test it and compare it to the AMD and Nvidia offerings. Um, I suspect this first run of GPUs will probably be kind of rough. Um, but I bet, you know, by the second run, I, I'm sure they'll stick with this. Um, by the second or third run, they'll probably start competing pretty well. I mean, Intel is Intel, right? Um, even to the point where I wouldn't be surprised if we see them 
try to even like like develop tech that if you have an intel processor and you have an intel gpu you'll get some special perks there you you don't have to but i bet they'll find a way to make uh to make that work um there was a little bit of news about the xbox acquisition of activision moving along the quote that i saw was we're coming to the end of the beginning that was a quote from one of the attorneys uh, who's working on the deal um i I think this deal is going to go through i've seen people being like oh you know maybe it won't even after this deal they're still going to be like the fourth biggest um uh, publisher in the world for gaming Um, and i've even seen people say that there's still some rumors that they may be looking to acquire um, like ea or another large company and i think it's something like even if they acquire ea and ubisoft they would still be number four (laughs) so it's um you know that they, they're probably gonna have to make concessions and stuff and making at least some of the games still be like multi-platform and stuff like that um but i i don't i i think these deals are gonna keep going um actually talking about ea supposedly uh they were gonna partner with uh whoever owns comcast um that they were trying to make a pretty big deal with uh with like a media company that I guess fell through last month. Um, but you know, as many people have said, including specifically Jeff Grubb, not too long ago, like EA, Ubisoft, you know, everyone's talking to everyone. Everyone's feeling each other out. Um, you know, Ubisoft is absolutely taking offers. They may not go through with any of them. EA is absolutely taking offers. They may not go through with any of them. I predict EA actually could acquire, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, so the Activision deal is moving along. I don't expect that to clear until probably next year, um, 2023. Um, so that probably could be like a big 2023 E3 or whatever summer game thing uh, that they could probably go pretty big on to be like, hey, you know, everyone's under the uh, the tent now. Uh, and then the last story is I saw an article or a post uh, by someone saying like, here's the Switch sales number and this is why we won't see a Switch 2 anytime soon. And you just see like, you see the, the sales arcs for all of the different Nintendo systems. And like, like the Nintendo DS was wildly successful. Um, the Nintendo Wii was like a phenomenon. And when you see the sales arc of the Switch, it just makes them all look like losers. And it's a good it's a good statement to say like why now obviously you don't want to wait until the dip to start developing your new system. I'm sure there's a switch to in progress, maybe even in late development. But as long as like they're there they are expecting to sell 20 million more switches uh, in 2023. Like that's crazy. Because they've already sold, I think they, like, like they think this may be the system that surpasses the PS2 in sales, which is bonkers. Because I remember uh, when I worked at GameStop uh, in in the late 2000s, early 2010s, uh, we were still getting brand new. This was like years after the PS2 had not been manufactured. The PS3 was released before I started working there. And I worked there for years, for a long time. And we were still getting, like we could still get brand new PS2s um, into inventory and they would sell because we had 
probably more PS2 games than any other platform in our store and in our drawers and whatever. And like, and I believe I stopped working there in 2010, 11-ish. And I'm fairly certain that they kept making new PS2s for years after that. And so, yeah, I mean, Switch, Nintendo, what's so funny is that you see all this friction, especially between Xbox and PlayStation fans. And it's really just a bunch of man children, I think, who spend too much time on Twitter fighting with each other. I think most fans of games just like the thing they like or they like everything. But what's so funny when you see, you know, the this this console war happen, you never see Nintendo a part of it because, you know, the the, the PlayStation Sony and, you know, or the, the Xbox PlayStation people and even PC to a point sees Nintendo as this like, oh, they have this little handheld that you can dock on your TV and it looks like crap. But they're just out there whooping everyone's ass. And so um, while I am not super interested in Nintendo properties and stuff like that, um, I, I still have mad respect for them. <laughs> it's what they're what they're doing. They're just kind of quietly putting out bangers every year and selling, you know, 10 plus million copies of like everything they make. And and they just keep doing it and they're going to keep doing it. And they might uh, I, I think we'll see. So they had the original Switch, and then they did do a Switch um, OLED that has a nicer screen. My guess is we see one or two more iterations of something like that, where it's maybe they do slightly bump up the power, but it's not like a full new generation. It's more of just like a, it just makes it run a little bit better with a, the, OLED, the OLED screen. And, and then maybe they do a couple more things like that. And then one day we'll get like a whole new system. But Man, I don't know. It, it, it may not be as soon as people think, and 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 I think Nintendo is is gonna be fine. They're gonna keep, you know, raking in that cash, and uh, and and people are gonna keep buying their stuff because they quietly are probably the most consistent platform. And um, and even though they may not get all of the attention, I suspect they're they're okay with that. This is normally where we do listener questions. Listener questions can be, um, you know, asked or listener questions or topics or whatever. Anything you want me to cover um, can be asked on my Discord server, on YouTube, on my Twitter or the podcast Twitter. Um, You can ask in any of those places. Uh, This week, we did not have any questions. So I kind of didn't push very hard for it. Um, I, I was busy this week. So. Uh, I do have a couple of content updates. Um, there is a new Division 2 video out that I'm pretty happy with. Um, I, I'm ta- It's called Worth the Wait. And it's talking about Title Update 15 for the, the Division 2. Um, kind of my thoughts about the whole thing. My thoughts about um, you know the new Manhunt, new season, the new Countdown mode. As well as just a lot of other stuff. And kind of where I think that game is going. Um, and, and stuff like that. So I do highly suggest checking out my YouTube. Um, you can just search for Bond Diesel or look down in the description for a link. Um, I also have decided this is more of a personal note, but if anyone wants to follow along or participate with me, um, I need to lose some weight. I'm like 70 pounds overweight, (laughs) honestly. Um, I really only like, I'm only setting a goal right now to lose about 30 or 35 pounds. Um, my, my uh, quality of life would be greatly improved by that. Um, so I'm currently working on, on a couch to 5k program. Uh, there, it, it conveniently ends on uh, July 4th or around there. Um, when a, a bunch of our family does a 5k. So my goal is to 
participate in that with them, which if I tried to do it right now, I would probably hurt myself. Um, but I can, I can do a lot of work in two months or a month and a half, uh, as well as some eating changes and stuff like that. So I've actually lost, um, let's see, I weighed 265 at one point and I got down to 190 or 185. Um, unfortunately it was mostly doing a low carb diet, um, a, like a keto diet and it worked extremely well. And I did that pretty quickly in like six months. I lost a lot of weight. Um, the problem with that diet is I don't think that diet is very sustainable. Um, it's basically a no carb diet, um, or very few carbs, um, basically none. And so you mostly eat meat and vegetables and, um, some other kind of random things, uh, some dairy and stuff like that. Um, and it was great. I lost a ton of weight. I looked great and I felt good. Um, but it was hard to keep off. And, um, and so this time I'm trying to be a little bit more sustainable. Um, just counting my calories, you know, it's all about diet, you know, 90% of weight loss is diet. It's working out is good. It's a good supplement. It's good for your body. It's good for your muscles and your back. And especially as you're getting older. Um, but it's all about eating less than you, um, you know, not eating more than you burn. And if you're trying to lose weight, it's about eating less than you burn. And that's how you lose weight calorie wise. So, uh, hopefully, you know, here and, uh, maybe by the like 200th episode, this face is not nearly, you know, maybe, maybe some of this is gone, you know, we'll see. Um, but if any of you are trying to lose weight or, or want to, you can join the discord. If you let me know, I can make a discord room just to talk about weight loss and, you know, share strategies and, recipes for food and stuff like that. Um, I'm happy to, uh, to kind of take that journey with anyone who wants to, but if not, I'll just talk about it here every now and then. And hopefully the proof is in the pudding. Uh, what you'll see is I've got a pretty large gut right now that will go first. And then you'll start to see, you'll start to see this. <laughs> That's what my chin really looks like. And, uh, and then you'll see some other changes as well. So, um, unfortunately the hair is not going to come back, but you know, we deal. Uh, so, so there's that. Um, and that's, that's the podcast for this week. So, uh, thank you for checking out the podcast. If you want to more, uh, be sure to like the video. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel on any platform, uh, or the podcast, be notified of new videos on YouTube by hitting the bell, as well as checking out some of my other content, like my division two mass effect videos. And I think I even have some Starfield and other videos as well. You can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including Twitter at Bond Diesel and YouTube and Twitch just as Bond Diesel. Please check out my The EchoCast and Bond Diesel merch at the link in the description below or over on my Twitter and my Linktree account. And that is all I have. So until next time. I'm gonna go get